All right, Seattle hockey fans, we get a win. We get a win at home, and we get a win in an overtime shootout. Let's talk about it and get you ready for the next Seattle Kraken game on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we bring you your favorite team every single day. I'm Erica L. Ayala, your host of this here show. want to let you know that today's episode of Locked On Kraken brought to you by GameTime. Make sure you download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. We'll talk about that a little bit more coming up on the show. But the Seattle Kraken were able to get a win over the New York Islanders. We talked about it on yesterday's show with Gil Martin. Both teams needed a win. I joked that maybe we'll go to overtime. We went to overtime. Dave Haxtell said that the team might want to burn the tape on overtime, but we got it done in a seven-round shootout. We're going to talk about that. First, I want to address something that was brought to my attention. I'm always very grateful for when listeners, whether you are an OGer, an everydayer, a subscriber to our subtext, Locked on Kraken Insiders community, or otherwise, when you reach out, it's great. I especially like when you reach out when I need to make a correction. So I want to actually issue an apology. I want to apologize because I did not take care to do a better job of separating things that people use kind of more in a metaphysical sense and things that are indigenous practices when it comes to ceremonies, rites of passage, etc. So when it comes to things like sage and smudging, and I mixed up a lot of those words or I used them without clarifying, and I want to apologize for that. And I had a listener reach out, and I actually learned some things that I had never heard about those practices. And so I'm going to just pause for the cause, do some extra learning, and make sure that I am not appropriating anyone's culture, especially very uh, ceremonial, religious, rites of passage style, style practices. Never my intent, and I hope you accept my apology. Apologies to everyone listening, not only for misappropriating practices and cultures and not doing a better job of delineating uh, indigenous uh, practices between, again, more kind of metaphysical practices, but also for not doing better research before I talked about it. So just wanted to say that either way, the energy in Climate Pledge Arena, much better last night, the Seattle Kraken get the win. Now, let's talk a little bit about this win over the New York Islanders. The Islanders would strike first, and I kind of joked on social media as I was watching the game um, that, you know, you can't lose a lead if you don't have a lead. 
Well, as it turns out, the Seattle Kraken still did lose a lead in this game. So in the first period, you get uh, Anders Lee, who scores the first goal of the game for the Islanders. But then it's the one and only Maddie Beneers on the power play, mind you, who gets the equalizer. Alex Wenberg, also on the power play, gives us the lead. Then Sezikis in the second period and Dobson in the third period. Um, that's how the Islanders get back into the game. They get the equalizer, but then they also get a go-ahead goal. Kyler Yamamoto, though, would send us into overtime with the third goal for the Seattle Kraken on the power play. Both teams pretty good on the power play. Let's just look at these numbers real quick. Um, the, the power play for the Seattle Kraken, three of four. And I didn't even realize until Gil Martin brought it up on yesterday's episode that we were top uh, of the league, top 10 on the power play, because we've just been talking about specialty teams so much and it doesn't always look great. But once you step outside, the Seattle Kraken actually have a pretty nice power play and that continued three out of four. That is what I'm talking about. Now, the Islanders had five power plays and it got really dicey in the third period of the five penalties. Let's see. We had two in the third period alone, uh, two at the end of the second period, and then one in overtime. Uh, you know, Maddie Beneers, I just want to talk about this real quick before we continue our recap. Maddie Beneers has been the target of a lot of physicality. I've talked about that. But this is a guy that took, what was it, one penalty last year? He's already gotten two in the last, I think, three, maybe three, four games. And what I'm seeing is a lot of gamesmanship, as you say, not sportsmanship. Gamesmanship is when you maybe bend the rules ever so slightly in a way to, to uh, get an advantage. And I've seen two teams now kind of either grip or kind of grab and bear hug Matty Beneers, either his arm or his stick, and have been successful in getting Matty B into the penalty box. So if they're not tossing him around the ice like a rag doll, they're trying to get him into hot water with the officials. Just something that I want us to keep an eye on. But I think Matty B getting some goals in the last handful of games, you love to see it. Okay, other goal scorers here um, I want to talk about. I mentioned Yamamoto. I mentioned Matty Beneers. Wenberg. Wenberg had a pretty long stretch where he did not score a goal. And now two games, two goals. You love to see it. As I mentioned, seven rounds in the shootout. The first goal on the shootout came from Bohorvat. And then Oliver Bjorkstrand reciprocated in kind right after Horvat. Then we wouldn't get another goal until Eberly, but then Wallstrom for the Islanders scored. And then Yamamoto scores the third goal on the power play for the Seattle Kraken. Dobson can't score game over. Now, in the first period, shots on goal in favor of the Seattle Kraken, 16 to 6. Okay, love that for us. However, things tilted the opposite way. 10 to 6 shots on goal in favor of the Islanders 
in the second frame. Five shots to 10 in the third frame. And then in overtime, only two shots on goal. And all of those 100% belong to the Islanders. As I mentioned, Dave Haxtell, after the game, said, yeah, we might want to burn the film on overtime. What did I see in overtime? I saw much better puck possession by the Islanders. I saw the Seattle Kraken getting not only a little bit hemmed in, but when they're rotating that that skater on and off of the ice, you saw the Islanders able to break away. But what I also saw, and I love this for us, I love this for Philip Grubauer. Philip Grubauer had such an active stick, especially late in the game, and I think easily saved two goals um, and saved the Seattle Kraken from suffering another heartbreaking loss. I love that Philip Grubauer got a little aggressive, got active with the stick play. Love that for us. I was a little bit surprised, to be honest, that Philip Grubauer, not one of the three stars of the game, those go to first star Kyler Yamamoto, second star Alex Wenberg, third star Maddie B, and I absolutely love it. Talking a little bit about, um, excuse me, Philip Grubauer, at even strength, he was almost perfect. 16 of 17 shots he pushed aside, four out of six on the power play, Overall, 20 saves on 23 shots. 870 was his save percentage. So, um, yeah, I really liked this game for the Seattle Kraken. I didn't like that we gave up a lead again. And in pregame and throughout the game, you heard our broadcast team, which, by the way, Gil Martin sent me a message, and uh, he thinks our broadcast team is fantastic. Uh, I mean... Of course they are, but anyway, just wanted to share that. Um, But we heard our broadcast talk about how many um, leads that each of these teams um, had given up and how that led to losses and where that fares with some of the other teams. Let's just say they're both high up there. And in fact, both lost a lead. And that's why we went to not only an overtime, but a shootout frame. I don't love us going to overtime. I don't love us going to the shootout, although it's great to win a shootout. First shootout win since uh, season one. But um, the tenacity is starting to show and rear its head. I know a lot of people, Dave Haxtell included, have said, well, I like how we played and I liked this and I liked that. I'm trying to hold fast. I'm trying to stay true. I always hold fast. I always stay true. Now, I do get a little frustrated even when I'm getting to that holding fast and staying true. And some of my frustration with the Seattle Kraken this season has been that some of the things that have been the bugaboo are fixable things. They're fixable things. I have to watch this game again. I missed most of the first period live because I was actually at the Kansas City match game they were here in Tulsa playing the Tulsa Oilers so I missed some of that but I really want to look at this game again and be able to see um, some of the the Islanders goals and what the defensive positioning looked like for the Seattle Kraken so we might have some more analysis but we've got a pretty crazy schedule Um, this week was crazy we still got a game tomorrow and um, next week three games on the road holiday weekend so or holiday week 
So, uh, yeah, let's let's keep an eye on that. I'm still looking at defensive positioning, especially when the Seattle Kraken are back checking. So we did see some breakaway opportunities for the Islanders. But overall, we will take this win. A few other stats that I just want to go over faceoffs. That's something that Gil and I talked about on yesterday's Squadcast episode previewing Thursday's matchup. 55.2% clip at the dot for the Islanders comparative to a 44.8% clip for the Seattle Kraken. Shots on goal in favor of the Kraken at 32, as fate would have it, to 23, or the inverse of 32 for the Islanders. Block shots at a premium, and that, in part, is what got Ellie Tolvanen uh, the, the hat at the end of the game. 21 block shots for the Seattle Kraken comparative to 11 for the Islanders. Now, you got to be careful with holding too much weight into block shots. But for now, (laughs) we will take it. Selling out, going all in. If you've been following Locked on Kraken on social media, um, there's been a real nice breakdown of Oliver Bjorkstrand's game. And I've been calling him the Amanda Kessel of the Seattle Kraken. For those who are not familiar, Amanda Kessel, yes, she does have two brothers and a sister-in-law, the whole Kessel family effectively has played hockey, but she plays for USA hockey will likely play in this new league, the the PWHL um, eventually. I don't think she, I think she's actually said she's not going to play this year, but what we do know about Amanda Kessel is that she is always bailing out the United States, especially in games against Canada and especially in shootouts, setting up the game winner and, um, I'm just a, a huge fan of Oliver Bjorkstrand, and uh, we're going to have to send him some more love because, again, uh, he he really keeps us in the game. Had he not made that shot, he that doesn't give Eberle a chance. That doesn't give Yamamoto a chance um, to win the game. So stick taps to Ali Bjorkstrand. We love you, 22. And for those who don't know, First of all, I love the number 22, but also that is from the amazing movie, A League of Their Own. We love you, 22. That's how I feel about Oliver Bjorkstrand. Coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken, as I said, we've got another game. We've got another handful of games coming up in the next handful of days. We're going to get you ready for those, and I'll let you know a little bit about the Kansas City Mavericks. So it's not a Firebirds Friday per se, although some players on the Mavericks have played for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. It's a Prospects Friday. How about that? All that, let's get into it on today's episode of Locked on Kraken. As I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode of Locked on Kraken brought to you by Game Time. I cannot tell you enough about Game Time. I got to use it the last time I personally was in Seattle. Went to an M's game with a good friend of mine. Always like to sit third base side. You like to get just enough covering, you know, in case the roof isn't, you know, um, isn't uh, closed or just, you know, I'm not used to having a closed roof usually when I go to baseball games. So I like third base side, just enough coverage. So, you know, you don't have to deal with the elements, but also that, you know, if you're feeling, feeling up to it, you can maybe catch a fly ball. Also not really a thing at T-Mobile park. I do love that they have that net running. Anyway, 
with the game time app, I can see my seats. I can preview what the view is going to look like. Bingo, bango, bongo. A few little swipes here. Click there. Open an email. And me and a good friend are going to the Mariners game. So I want to make sure you get in on the action. So what we want you to do is head over to your app store, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. That will get you $20 off your first purchase. Music, uh, performances at venues, and of course, sports. You can find it all on the Game Time app. Especially love the game time guarantee. You find something in the same row, the same section for cheaper, you get 110% back. That's the game time guarantee. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for making Locked On Kraken a part of your daily destination. As I mentioned, Locked On Kraken, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And did you know that Locked On has launched the first ever 24-7 national sports streaming channel on YouTube? That's right. Check out Locked On Sports today for 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories locked on sports today is on youtube make sure you subscribe again we at locked on have the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on the road again that's right the seattle kraken hit the road playing the vancouver canucks before having a three-game homestand calgary san jose and then vancouver comes back to climate pledge arena Let's talk a little bit about the standings in the Pacific Division. Vegas Golden Knights at the top of the table, 13-3-1, 27 points. And right behind them, our competition for tomorrow, the Vancouver Canucks. Did not have that on my whiteboard for this year, but they are 12-4-1, 25 points. The LA Kings... Shout out, of course, to the amazing Blake Bolden, who made her, as uh, AJ Maleko said, her rookie lap on ESPN between the benches the other night. Uh, that was San Jose and Florida. Got a little interesting at the end, but we'll talk about the Sharks next week. Anyway, the Kings, 9-3-3, 21 points. The Ducks are 9-7-0, 18 points. And then your very own Seattle Kraken at 6-8-4, 6, 16 points. Just uh, a, a game ahead, effectively, of the Calgary Flames, who are at 6-8-2. Edmonton, 5-9-1. Okay, let's just pause there. Five nine and one Edmonton, but you know what? What do we got? Two of those two of those five wins against us. Just keep that in mind. Five nine and one, eleven points, and then the San Jose Sharks three thirteen and one, seven points. Haven't even hit double digits yet. So I'm looking ahead to Wednesday. I don't want any trap games. I don't want any surprises. We are not going to be like the Nashville Predators, respectfully speaking, because you know I love Ann Kimmel. But we are not going to be the Predators and just having that Southern hospitality and giving struggling teams their first win as they did Nashville, that is, with us in season one. We're not doing that. So as much as I like what I saw 
last night. Uh, some people even saying that they liked what they saw against Edmonton. Uh, I was not as satisfied. Because again, the Seattle Kraken, our bugaboo this year is that we have things that are absolutely fixable, but it comes down to discipline and we're just not doing it yet. So I hope this feel good, no practice vibe is going well for the Seattle Kraken. They will have morning skate tomorrow and then they will take on the Vancouver Canucks, a formidable team. This is a good team right now in our division. Let's just look at the Western Conference Overall, because uh, we're going to get to see on the road, the Chicago Blackhawks, this guy right here. Oh, this guy right here, Ryan Donato. Miss him, miss him so much. Anyway, um, you know, we, we got we to gotta make sure we're, we're getting it done. So in the Western Conference, the two teams at the top of the Pacific Division are your two top teams in the West. Then slide in Dallas over the Kings, and the Colorado Winnipeg ahead of the Anaheim Ducks, Arizona, and St. Louis ahead of us. So the Seattle Kraken sitting at that 10 spot right now, right now, excuse me, in the Western Conference with the Flames and the Wild, the Oilers, the Blackhawks, and the Preds all have at least 10 points and are right behind us. So at 16, we're looking good. Again, Calgary at 14, Minnesota Wild at 12, Edmonton at 11, everyone else 10 or fewer. So again, we're going to see Chicago and then Toronto Eastern Conference. So we don't have to worry about them regarding playoff standings. Very, It's very early. We've got time. But also, these are the games. If you have to really prioritize, you want to win these games. Pacific Division, Western Conference, because eventually this is how – our head-to-head, it's going to matter um, when it comes to our points. Our points are not going to matter unless we're at the tippy-top, which we're not right now uh, against some of that those Eastern Conference opponents. That being said, we want those points too. All right, what do we know about Vancouver? Well, um, you know, other than them being a pain in my personal rear, uh, you know, they are a feisty team. Quinn Hughes, a lot of people talking about Quinn Hughes, and they're talking about defense. I love that. I love good defense. Um, you know, Carson Soucy, though, this was mentioned on our broadcast in passing. Soucy out. Uh, let's see. Do I have it here? He's out for a little bit with uh, with an injury. So I thought I had it pulled up. My apologies, but... Don't have it here right now, but let's just take a look at some of the stats or I'll take a look and relay some of the stats that we have here for you. You've got three players for the Canucks that have 27 points. If only, if only that's JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, and the aforementioned Quinn Hughes, your goal leader right now for the Vancouver Canucks, Brock Bozer has 13 goals, eight assists. So he's got 21 points, not too shabby. JT Miller, who I just mentioned, second in goals overall for the team at 10. What are we looking at in net? That Thatcher Demko has played 11 games for the Vancouver Canucks between the pipes. He's got eight wins, three losses, goals against average, a 204. 2.04, 932 save percentage. And then Casey DeSmith, 
not too far behind. Six and four uh, gives up almost three goals per game, a 917 uh, save percentage. So, you know, we are going to go up against a team that's playing some pretty solid hockey. And so what that means for me is that this is a team that, that, that we really have to play our best. And what is the best style of Seattle Kraken hockey by committee? I do think we're probably going to see if I had to put money on it. Um, we've got Calgary and San Jose coming up now. This is, you know, actually we should take a look at this from a, a statistic perspective. I was going to say my gut is saying you go with Philip Grubauer, but I think it's important also to know what the, um, what the split is right now um, between our two goaltenders. But here's just a few other team stats. Last 10 games, 4-4-2 four, four, and two for us, the Seattle Kraken, 7-2-1 and one for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, their power play at a 33.3% clip, we're at a 26.7. They're second overall in the league. We're seventh. Penalty kill, ah, bottom of the, of the barrel, for both teams, 70, 75.9% clip for Vancouver, 71.9 for the Kraken. And, um, you know, the, the goaltending, I talked about Demko and DeSmith right now, an 889 for Joey Decord, save percentage wise, an 890 for Philip Grubauer. Gruby is 4 6 0 with a 330 goals against average. You've got 2 2 and 4 for Joey Dax with a 3 even goals against average. All right, coming up, let's talk a little bit about the Kansas City Mavericks. Now, they were in town. Um, I didn't get to speak to anyone from the Mavericks last night. Um, it, it just seems like someone from their PR department is on their honeymoon. So congratulations to them. I had reached out uh, well before they set their away message, but we just couldn't get anything sorted out. That's okay. They come back on Sunday and then also on Wednesday, pre-Turkey Day. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Seattle Kraken prospects. That's coming up on today's episode of Locked on Kraken. Today's episode of Locked on Kraken also brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, Jace Medical, I've talked to you about the Jace case, an emergency uh, case for you where you have access to five different life-saving antibiotics that you can use in case of an emergency. The other thing about Jace case is that you can get up to a year supply of medications that you take daily. I have family members that take daily medication, uh, whether that's for their mental wellness or uh, just kind of ailments that they have. And some are, are pretty severe. My father, before he passed, was on medication that he had to refill and he had mobility issues. And so, you know, he passed before COVID, but had he not, had he been alive still, it would have been very difficult to get him his medication. And I, at the time, didn't know about Jace Medical. But now that I do, in the event that anything else happens, for me, for my family, my extended family, that's where Jace Medical comes in. 
Don't be caught unprepared. Go to jacemedical.com. You fill out a form and depending on your needs or the types of medications, maybe you hop on a phone call and you see if your medication is available in bulk so that you have everything. Jace handles it all from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med- medication, go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. <laughs> and sometimes I forget how to spell, but that's okay. It's also down below in case you don't want to wait on me to remember how to spell medical. Remember to use promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. As I say, always be kind to yourself. And a lot of that is taking care of your health. Check out Jace Medical. Kraken fans, after you listen to Locked on Kraken, head over to Locked on NHL. They talk about the uh, global series. Of course, the NHL in Sweden. We have some Swedish players on our squad. So um, I'm very curious to see if we hear from them about what they think about that showcase. But either way, you'll also hear from me. Talking about the PWHL, I know a lot of you have asked questions. I've been going through my own little mental wellness exercise, and so I haven't dived all the way into some of your questions, but training camps are happening right now. We've still got some signings going. There's still some amazing teams that uh, and amazing players, I should say, that we're looking to see where they land. Carly Jackson, Madison Packer, and the list goes on. So every other week on the Locked on NHL show, I give you the women's hockey spotlight. So make sure you check that out. Next week, though, I'm going to tell you about a women's hockey event happening in Portland, Oregon. And I will be the... MC for that. So if you want to make your way to Portland on November 30th, we are going to be watching Ice Queens, a documentary about black women in ice hockey. And it's going to be at the one and only sports bra. That's right. The sports bra and a few other partners hosting that and are sending me out to Portland. I can't wait. We'll talk about that. But right now, Let's talk about the Kansas City Mavericks, our ECHL affiliates, and they're doing mighty fine. They're doing mighty, mighty, mighty fine. They got a 4-1 victory over the Tulsa Oilers last night, and let's talk standings first. The Mavericks are top of the table when it comes to the not only the Western Conference, but also the Mountain Division. We are 11 and 2 in 13 games played overall. Our goals for 49, uh, goals against 33, penalty minutes uh, up there, but so is the rest of the uh, conference, including the Allen Americans, 218 in PIMS. Okay. Um, you know, so we get the win over Tulsa. What I liked about this team is that they just play a downhill game. And when you say downhill, we're really talking about teams that are using their speed, that are, um, you know, that are, are not afraid to be aggressive, to really push the envelope 
when it comes to um, what's happening in their offensive zone. They're active in the neutral zone. And that's what we're seeing from the Kansas City Mavericks. When you look at the top forwards regarding points in the ECHL, you've got, uh, what is it, four out of the top 10 players points-wise come from the Kansas City Mavericks, including Max Andrev, number 44, who was at training camp. That's right. He was at Kraken training camp in Seattle at uh, Kraken Community Iceplex. He leads the league with 20 points overall. Now, this is just forwards. 20 points overall with uh, three goals, 17 assists. Then you have Cole Koski, uh, Cade uh, Bochart, Kyle Jackson, a player I'm definitely looking out for. I liked what I saw from the eye test. He's got 16 points. So we've got some guys for sure. When you look at defenseman Theo Calves, Calvas, excuse me, uh, joins the fray as top 10 in points. He's got nine points, three goals, six assists. And then in goaltending, uh, Kale Morris, uh, top 10, 924 save percentage. He is uh, in six games, got five wins. He was in net for the Mavericks against the Tulsa Oilers the other night. I, though, very curious to see the other goaltender that we, Jack LaFontaine, performs for the Mavericks. He also was at, uh, at training camp, spent a little bit of time with the Firebirds and then reassigned to the ECHL. Again, just a little bit of a communication, not quite where we wanted it. So I wasn't able to secure interviews for this episode, but make sure you join our subtext community, aka the Locked on Kraken Insiders, because I will be securing some interviews. I'm very excited about these. So you can text 918-731-3154. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about Kansas City. I uh, should be able to catch up with our AHL team, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, and of course catch the Kraken while I'm on the road once again. So the Kansas City Mavericks doing well. What we did here, I was able to talk to the Tulsa Oilers head coach after the game, and he felt that kind of similarly, honest, honestly, to how I feel the Seattle Kraken sometimes perform, that they talked about some things, they knew they wanted to focus on some things, but a, a team like the Mavericks that just kind of got them out of their game plan, sped them up a little bit, really made them uncomfortable in the neutral zone, and they had trouble with their exits. They were a little flimsy on their entries, and that's all because of that downhill game that the Kansas City Mavericks play. It was honestly a lot of fun to watch. Some very skilled goals. If you want to read a little bit more or look at some of the names who got on the score sheet, uh, Jackson was one of them. Kyle Jackson, definitely one of them. Um, um, Max as well. Uh, then go over to Black Rosie Media. You'll also, if you go to at Locked on Crack and you can see that I, I did a, a really quick little gamer and posted that on Black Rosie Media. I'm going to be doing a little bit more of that. There are times where maybe there are things that I want to talk 
about here or that I don't want to just text to the entire subtext, but I want to put together more stories and write a few more stories coming from the Locked on Kraken perspective. So I'm going to partner up with my own company, Black Rosie Media, to do some of that, especially when I can catch some of our prospects right here in Tulsa. As you might have noticed, I'm back in headquarters, so I'm really excited. I did a little bit of redecorating, and I'm still fixing a few things, um, but super excited to be here in Tulsa to be covering hockey here in Tulsa. So follow Black Rosie Media, and you can learn a little bit more about that. And uh, I'll, let, I'll let you know, of course, generally on Locked on Kraken, but especially for our Locked on Kraken insiders about those interviews forthcoming. That's our show, folks. We've got a game day tomorrow. We're coming off a good win. Let's string together some wins. I was reminiscing last year about last year's uh, win streaks. You know, we're nowhere close to eight, but you can't get eight wins if you don't get two consecutive. And that's what we're going for. It'd be a great win against Vancouver. So be kind to yourselves. Be kind to each other. Hold fast. Stay true. Loud and proud we say, let's go cracking. Insiders, make sure you stay tuned because I might have a bonus episode that I can do. And I will definitely let you know if I'm able to make it to some practices with uh, the Kansas City Mavericks before they hit the ice again on Sunday. That's our show, folks. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy that Kraken win. Apologies again, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart for my misspeaking and misrepresenting um, very sacred practices. Uh, I hope that you will accept my apology in earnest, and I always appreciate when you correct me because that's how we learn. It was certainly not anything that was meant to be offensive. So that's our show, folks. I will catch you on the next episode of Locked on Kraken. Happy weekend. Peace out, everybody.